0: I preach Christ crucified see me, I died is he who lives tonight How could I have as little
1: as Hello, welcome to Wartime Theology, a show recorded from the campus of Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary in Wake Forest, North Carolina. Where just a group of reformed Christians uh, tackle theological and societal issues for the glory of God. The purpose of this podcast is to converse about issues that are important to the evangelical community and seek to provide insightful commentary that ultimately brings glory to Christ and helps upbuild the Christian listener. We ask and answer the questions everyone is afraid to tackle with open Bibles and wretched hearts. Here are just a few of the topics we plan on covering in the future sexuality cultural Christianity, gluttony, worship music, and purity. If you have any uh, topics you'd like discussed, be sure to DM us on our Instagram account at, and we'll we'll, pick, we'll put that in there. Sure. Um, <laughs> before we begin, my name is Alex.
0: Uh, yeah, my name is Josh.
1: And we are both students here at the undergraduate program at Southeastern. I, Alex, I, so I'm pursuing my bachelor's in English, and I hope to one day secure some sort of secular writing reading maybe literature-based job and use that to make disciples so use that to um, share the gospel i also work for the institution so i work in the registrar's office here at southeastern uh, and i evaluate transcripts and i scan student files Uh, that's my that's my main
0: responsibility And I'm I'm pursuing a bachelor's degree in student ministry here on the campus at Southeastern. I also work here on the grounds crew as well. And uh, I'm mainly going here for discipleship making and uh, being able to share the gospel and teach others how to share it as well.
1: Wonderful. Yeah, so we're we're really excited to share this time with you. Um, We hope the Lord uses our speech to encourage and convict you so that you would be further conformed to the image of Christ our God. Today, our topic is the gospel, what it is, what it isn't, and then how the evangelical community is doing sharing that that gospel, and some of the implications of withholding that gospel from the world. Josh, you want to pray for us first, man?
0: Yeah. Father, I just thank you for this day, and thank you for um, just the ability to know your gospel from your word lord and to be able to um share it with other people lord i just pray that um you would just guide our speech and let us uh, know exactly what to say lord and i just pray that um your gospel would go forth throughout the nations and throughout the world lord because it is the most important message in the world and uh, we thank you for it in jesus name i pray amen
1: amen all right so first thing we're talking about what is the gospel Josh, you wanna?
0: Sure, I'll go ahead and start off. So, when we talk about the gospel, um, we're going, we're talking about the message that um, God has laid out in His Word throughout the both the Old and the New Testament, um, and that is His plan for the salvation of man. Um. So, the way we would like to start is by talking about. Um, the fact that God is holy and his role as our creator. So if, um, we go to Isaiah 6. You want to go and read from there?
1: Yeah, so in Isaiah 6, it really shows a wonderful picture of the holiness of God. It gives you just uh, a, a crazy picture. So uh, in starting in verse 1, it says, In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne, yeah so I think the 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 main reason we chose this passage was because it really gives a good picture of um, the set apartness of God I know Josh uh, likes to say a lot of the times um, when describing the holiness of God mm-hmm. the the word holy it means set apart yeah. right and this is just such such a wonderful image of that um, that he's not like humanity you know he, he the the angels which are already s- so much um so much, uh, I don't want to say higher than man, but so much set apart than man. Even then, like just these magnificent creatures, they have to cover themselves because yeah. the the in recognition of, look, this isn't about me. This isn't about me. This is about him. And so I'm going to cover myself um, and scream, the holy, holy, holy God is so good. Look to him, not me, and especially not, not humanity. Um, and then... Obviously, another other passage we could go to are Genesis one. Uh, I think that's just that's a good image of, of God as creator, and so obviously He's different from humanity. We are creators in some sense, but we order we order things. Um, we are creative with things that we already have, whereas God He creates things. He creates by the word of his mouth he creates and that makes him holy that makes him set apart and worthy of praise and uh yeah
0: yeah in uh genesis just uh one thing i'd like to read is in genesis 1 chapter um four or genesis 1 verse 14 and God said, Let there be lights in the expanse of the heavens to separate the day from the night, and let them be signs and for seasons and for days and years, and let them be lights in the expanse of the heavens to give light upon the earth. And it was so. And God made the great two lights, the greater light to rule the days, and the lesser light to rule the night and the stars. So, like, that's just one thing that God created. And um, in just those few verses, we get the entire um, creation of the universe. Which we are just discovering is so endless and endless, and mm-hmm. how big it is, and yet it's so insignificant to God that it's a half a verse that and the stars also that's the rest of the universe <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy,
1: yeah, so God is holy, uh second point, yeah, that we are sinners, yeah. so
0: um. Of course, we know that in the fall, you know, um, that Eve took the fruit and she gave it to Adam. And so they both sinned against God, disobeying the command to not eat of the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil, of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And so um, because of that, sin was able to enter the world. And now um, sin is passed down through man. And so um, all men have fallen under sin. So we have some other verses we'd like to share as well.
1: Yeah, so in Romans 1, Roman Romans 1 is not uh, pleasant uh, for the human ego. Um, starting in verse 28, it says, And since they did not see fit to acknowledge God, God gave them up to a debased mind to do ought not to be done. They were filled with all manner of unrighteousness, evil, covetousness, malice. They are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, maliciousness. They are gossips, slanderers, haters of God, insolent, haughty, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents, foolish foolish, faithless, heartless, ruthless. Though they know God's righteous decree that those who practice such things deserve to die, they don't they not only do them, but give approval to those who practice them. And that was just one section in a chapter that that just goes on and on and, and Paul isn't specifically picking out some group of people within yeah. the larger humanity. He's talking about all of humanity. He's saying, this is this is natural man right here. They mm-hmm. are gossip, slanderers, haters of God. It's just this evil image of man um, that's just totally not preached today.
0: Yeah, and this and the perspective of that fact that God is holy makes the sin that much more heinous and evil because if you were to let's say sin against just a random person on the street that might not be totally horrible in the eyes of you know man but if you were to then go and sin against like a king for example the punishment for that would be a lot higher than just doing the same thing against a normal person the same ways um, for God I mean he's the creator of the universe the one who gives us everything that is good, who sustains our life, who shows us mercy. You know, he's so holy. He's so set apart. He's so much more than we could ever really understand. And that's the God that you sinned against. There is going to be a lot higher price to pay. And in Romans 3, just like um, Alex was saying, it mentions there is none who are righteous. No, not one. No one understands. No one seeks after God. They have all turned aside. Together they have become worthless. No one does good, not even one. Their throat is an open grave. They use their tongues to deceive. The venom of asps is under their lips. Their mouth is full of curses and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. And their paths are ruin and misery. And the way of peace they have not known. There is no fear of God before their eyes. And that's talking about everyone. Mm. That is who we are naturally.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a crazy passage for sure. And um, probably won't be able to get to all of these passages, honestly, because there's just so many of them that attest to both of these things, the holiness of God and the the sinfulness of man, the depravity of man. Um, But the next, so so we have God is holy, we are sinners. These are two integral parts of this gospel message. Um, And they connect in the sense that because we are sinners and god is holy we one one big aspect of god's holiness is that he's a judge right he's a perfect judge and um just like josh was sharing you know he created the universe and he maintains the universe and he, he not only creates the things that we can see he also creates the things that we can't see he creates um he creates these standards of rightness There are these uh you know, the, these uh, um, rules and um, these these ordered moral grounds um, that humans are to follow. And because of the second point, because we're so sinful um, and because he's such a perfect judge, we, and we break those laws, that he, those unseen laws that he's created, we deserve a punishment for that. Yeah. Um, and like you said, even something that is... Uh, quote-unquote small, like a small sin, some sort of small sin. Um.
0: Really, without God, we're not even doing any good things at all. Mm. Um, really, our natural state is nothing good. Mm. So it's obviously important then that, I mean, without Christ, we would have literally nothing. Yeah. We would be without hope. Yeah. Um, but while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So He came not to die for um, the righteous, because there were no righteous, <laughs> and the righteous don't need to be paid for, anyways. That's right, yeah. But he came instead to uh, seek and save that which is lost. He came to save the sinners, hmm. yeah. So, and uh,
1: or those who knew they were sinners, right? Yes, like, yes, yeah. So, like those who don't think they need a physician. This is this is a paraphrase of something of a verse that of a saying of Jesus. It, he's talking to the Pharisees and he's, and after they scoff at him for sitting with sinners and he, and he says, I haven't come for the righteous. I haven't come for those people who think they're good with God already through their good works. He said, I've come for those who know their own sinfulness, who know, who know the contrast between themselves and God. Um, and also maybe something to, to ask before we get into these verses here. Um, The only way humanity could be restored to God. So the only way our punishment or the only, yeah, the only way our sins could truly be satisfied or paid for would be, would have to be through something perfect. It would have to be through a quote unquote spotless lamb, right? Because many people want to claim, many religious people uh, want to claim like Jehovah's Witnesses and, and things like that want to claim that Jesus was um just a man. And one of the things Jesus says is uh somebody calls him good in, in some passage. Somebody calls him good and he's and he and he asks them, he says, why do you call me good? Only God is good. You know, so Jesus Jesus admits that there is this big divide. All humans are wicked. All humans are bad. Only God is good. Yeah. And so for one sinner to pay for the sins of many doesn't make any sense if 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 Jesus was just a man, and even if he was an angel yeah. you know or some other like lesser God, it wouldn't make sense for him to die for the sins of the world because that being is not perfect. If he was just a man, he's not perfect, and so he can't pay for the sins of another. Sinner, You know, that doesn't make sense. He's still got his own sin to pay for. He's still got his own sin to pay for. (laughs) Exactly. And so it only makes sense, the scriptures, the New Testament scriptures only make sense if Christ sacrificed for us, Christ dying for us, if Christ was God, if he is God. It only makes sense for that sacrifice to, to work in the courtroom of God, if he is a perfect sacrifice, if he is morally, spiritually perfect. And we know from the scriptures, obviously, the only perfect being is God. Uh, I picked up uh, Romans 8, 3-4. through 4. It talks about Christ, uh, um, Christ dying for us. It says, For God has done what the law weakened by the flesh could not do. By sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, he condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us. Who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Hmm. So God has come down and done what the law, weakened by the flesh, could not do. So he's He fulfills the law, the Old Testament law, that we could never fulfill, that we could not uh, obey, and He obeyed it perfectly. And then it says, by sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh. So uh, by God coming down, and by God coming down, by Jesus coming down, the Son coming down in the likeness of sinful flesh, basically, as a man, coming as a man and for sin to pay for the sins of the world. He condemned sin in the flesh, quote-unquote, in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us. So he lived the life that we could never live, and he paid the price that we could never pay.
0: Mm, amen. Yeah. Um, so the question is then, like, well, what does that mean? What do you do with that? Yeah. Um, what does God expect, um, for the payment, you know, um, Christ paid for it, but he, he asks, um, something that you have to do to, you have to be able to receive that payment. You have to actually, um, want it in a sense. You won't have to want to receive that payment. So in Mark chapter four, um, Jesus gives four different responses to the gospel that people can give, um, in the parable of the sower. And I'm not going to uh, read the entire parable. Um, it's it's one that you probably already know uh, that about the different types of seed is thrown on different rocks. So I'm just going to read the explanation of the parable. So starting at verse 14 in chapter 4 of Mark, "...the sower sows the word, and these are the ones along the path. Where the word is sown when they hear, Satan immediately comes and takes away the word that is sown in them." And these are the ones sown on rocky ground, the ones who, when they hear the word, immediately receive it with joy, and they have no root in themselves, but endure very while. Then, when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately they fall away. And others are the ones sown among thorns. They are those who hear the word, but the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things enter in and choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. But those... Who that were sown on the good soil are the ones who hear the word and accept it and bear fruit 30 fold, 60 fold, and 100 fold. So we have four different types, and um, I'm just going to go through each one pretty quick. Um, the first type of response you can give is you neither have faith nor repentance, you just completely disregard it, and that's when Satan takes it and he just snatches the word away from you. It's just, it, it uh, proves to be fruitless, um, there's just nothing there. Yeah. Um, The second response is one of um, repentance but no faith. So this is where you hear the word and you accept it, um, but you don't actually have faith. You know, you're just hearing it and you just want it for, you know, whatever it might give you. Um, So you're willing to, you know, stop sinning for a while and, in a sense, obey God, but you're not really trusting that he's actually saving you from your sins you're not actually putting your faith in um, him as your savior mm-hmm. and so um when that when the actual hard things come because there's no actual faith there because you're not really you're just kind of like believing Jesus is a man you know he's yeah you'd say he's god you know um but he's not actually the lord of your life you know he's not what you're actually putting your true faith in you know you're not going to him through every struggle and trusting that he's going to pull you through it Mm -hmm. Um, so there's no real faith there and so when those hard things come you know you're not going to stick with it because why would you Um, it's not worth it Um, the third thing is when you have faith but you don't have repentance Um, and this one is dangerous too uh, is um, if you uh, see that Jesus is God and you you know you're like I trust him I trust God but you're like well I don't really want to give up you know, whatever I'm doing. I don't want to give up my fleshful desires, you know, whatever it might be. It might be money, it might be um, sexual temptation. It could be whatever it is. You don't want to give these things up to God. And so you basically choose those things over Him. And the final one is where you accept Him and you say, you know what, Um, you're better than these things. You're better than these things. And so when that happens there's also a result of that is that you're going to bear fruit and that's really important because if you're not bearing fruit then you know and you've been a Christian you say you've been a Christian for like let's say 10 years and there's no fruit at all you know I would question if you're one of those other three people instead of the fourth person
1: mm. that's really good man um, yeah and we I think we're, we're uh, while you were talking about that I was thinking of Rhett and Link the whole time you know, like I think Rhett might have been maybe that faith, but no repentance. Like he he was, he had the faith there, you know, he believed, he believed it deeply, but, but he didn't, maybe didn't want to give up some of the things that he was engaging in. And then I think a link, and he was, he was genuinely trying, he was doing stuff, you know, but he didn't truly believe, you know, he thought it was sort of foolishness the whole time. And, and, mm. and because of that, there wasn't true, uh, Gospel love there wasn't true love for Christ in yeah. his heart you know
0: and one of the reasons why we have so many um false Christians in our churches is because when you have it says here when you have faith is because but or I'm sorry when you have repentance but no faith only the when the tribulations come through these things you know choke out the yeah the um, word and so if there's not really any tribulations or trials and you're just Living a pretty normal life. Yeah. Um it's not ever gonna really choke out the world and so you're never gonna see your issue there. Um, but there will be no fruit. That is yeah. what the sign will be. There's still not gonna be fruit because there can't be.
1: Sure. Yeah, that's really good, man. Um so we have this we have this overarching message, right, that starts with God being holy, um and humanity, all of us being sinners. And because of that, because God is holy, and we have broken His law, because we're sinful and, and, and evil, and 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 we hate God naturally, mm-hmm. we deserve punishment for that. But God, um, even though a big part of His character is that He's a judge, He's a perfect judge who has to punish. So He has to punish for for sin. Uh, another amazing part of His character is that He is merciful. He is He is gracious, mm-hmm. and. What he has done is, uh, as much as he is as he is uh, judgmental, he is also merciful. Uh, he is also gracious, and so loving humanity so much, loving uh, rebellious people like us, he came down in bodily form as Jesus Christ, as the Son, and died, and took. Not only did he die, and was and was whipped and and took that physical torture. That was obviously torture and and very painful. But I I would argue from the scriptures that the most terrible thing that he experienced on that day was the wrath of God. He experienced oh, yeah. the wrath of God. It says it says in many creeds and confessions that Christ descended into hell. Mm. So he took the he he took the physical torture that we deserved. He took the spiritual torture that we deserved yeah. and descended into hell and took. Took that punishment for us, and then raised to life, showing his divinity, showing his, showing his perfect, perfect spiritual um, authority and goodness and holiness over death, um, resurrected from death, um, and then sent his followers out to proclaim that message of reconciliation to humanity. to humanity, and in in Christ dying and paying that penalty, God was able to maintain his justice as he paid for the sins of man. And he was also able to maintain his mercy and his graciousness as he allowed a way for humanity to be reconciled back to him. And ultimately, that is the Christian message. That is the old, that is the summary message of the Bible. Um, and that's the message that we preach. Now, uh, w- yeah. we're going to touch on a couple of these things we're going to touch on a couple of these these next few points, and then I think we're going to pray and, and end it for today. But let's talk a little bit about what the gospel is not. So some of the uh, more popular conceptions of what the quote-unquote gospel is in the world today and how that totally is not the message that we were just discussing.
0: Yeah, so um, going into what the gospel is not, so... First of all, I think one of the most common misconceptions that I come across when uh, talking to people, especially in the South, yeah. um, is that the gospel is the books Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. That's <laughs> just, that's what it is. It's those books. It's like, because, you know, we call them the gospels. Yes. But that's because of the message they contain. Um, they the contain gospel. the gospel, but those books in themselves aren't the gospels. Are not the gospel. So when... You say, you know, go and preach the gospel. We're not saying go and read say, the hey, books of
1: Matthew, Mark, and Luke. The- <laughs>
0: yeah, here's Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. <laughs> Bye. <you know. laughs> not that those books don't contain the gospel because they do. They do, yeah. But um, rather the message that those books are preaching. Yes. Um, the message Jesus is getting across here, and um, what Jesus has done for us. Yeah. So it's not just um, the gospels. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, another one would be um the message of works-based salvation. Uh this is also prevalent in uh, I think in the south as well. Uh, yeah. as it is. Uh, you know, a lot, a, lot, a lot it's very prevalent here because people are raised in church, they think they they think they got a, a good grasp because they're around, uh, you know, Bible all the time. But really they don't understand and and really this is the essential message preached by every other religion besides Christianity, mm-hmm. um, Jehovah's Witnesses, Latter Day Saints, of the Mormon Church, uh, Islam, Judaism, pretty much any other religion. What the general message is, is that in order for you to get to God, in order for you to get into heaven, and 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 uh, you know, um, yeah, enter the pearly gates. What you have to do is. These list of things, right? You have to be a good person. You have to be moral. You have to love. You have to treat your neighbor as yourself, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You have to do all these things. And then uh, somehow God will like you, you know. And, you know, uh, I always like to to go to the image of, you know, Josh, if I came up to you and I said, Josh, before you and I can be friends, I have this long list of things for you to do. (laughs) Uh, And then maybe after that, even though you're not going to be sure if you really did all the things right, then maybe I'll consider you as one of my friends. And you have to
0: be pure in heart while you do it. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You have to be
1: completely pure in heart. Obviously, Josh would be like, bro, I don't want to be your friend. You know, like you sound like a terrible person. Of course, I don't want to be your friend. And obviously, that's not a one-to-one equivalent as the person that is being talked about is the Holy Creator, obviously. But it is essentially the same. It's saying that... Uh, fallen humanity evil people uh, can somehow be good enough to earn their way to be in the presence of God as if as if God is pleased um by somehow like doing these religious things or or trying to be a good person and things like that, like God, like the scriptures are clear, our quote unquote good rags or our good works are as filthy rags before Him. Right. You know, like He knows our hearts, and there's nothing that we could do to get to His level, which is essentially what we're tra- what what we say when we think when we when we think we can get we can get to heaven or reconcile back to God by doing good things. It's like looking at the uh, judge in the face and saying, "I know I committed this murder, but if I do all these chores for you, uh, we'll be good, right?" And it's like the judge is obviously going to say, "Heck no, you did all these. Th- you know, you deserve punishment, and those other things don't make up for that punishment." You know.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah. And so, it, there's nothing that you can do mm-hmm. in order to work your way to God because, again, He's not looking at um, the good things you do. He's looking. At, 'Cause he's a just judge, he's looking at the things the crimes you've committed. Mm. Um and we've all have plenty of crimes against the record, you know. If we go just into the Ten Commandments, oh yeah you'll find that you've probably broken all of them or <laughs> you you know, if you then went to what Jesus says about them, you've definitely probably you've broken definitely all of prob- them. Yeah, of course, yeah. <laughs> um at least I certainly have. So oh, yeah, same. Um it's also so we'll also talk about how it's not a message of material or financial gain or earthly dominion and role in this present time. And um, some people who uh, commonly uh, have that message of the gospel be like Joel Osteen or T.D. Jakes or Benny Hinn.
1: Yeah. So these people essentially say. What this book, the Bible, says is, if you have enough faith, if you trust in God with your life, then what He's going to do is He's going to increase your material circumstance. He's going to give you stuff. He's going to make you financially prosperous. He's going to give you money. He's going to give you that new job you want. He's going to give you that raise, etc., etc., etc. And and they will prosperity preachers like this will pick out certain sections of the bible to try to prove their case but really if you look at the larger context around any number of those verses you'll see that they just have a bad hermeneutic they have a bad exegesis and uh and really it's a deceptive message that takes away from the true gospel so that's definitely not one of them another one we can we can um touch on and there's probably be the last couple few here um, is it's the gospel is not a man-centered message. So it's not a message that's about you, you, you. Uh, a popular, popular churches nowadays that, that preach sort of this man-centered message, it, uh, our churches like Elevation Church, uh, Bethel Church, they're, they're very you-centered. So it's, it's all about you getting better or you getting over this one thing or you doing this or you, you, you. Mm-hmm. Um, and God has added in there, right? There are theistic overtones to their messages, but you never hear from those pulpits. Yeah. You're a sinner. You're in need of God's grace. And he provided a way for you to be reconciled back to him through the, through the death of Jesus Christ, you know?
0: Yeah. So especially going on to that point, you know, um, with those churches in particular, um, the problem with like a man centered message is uh, you'll find in these churches they they preach the word of god in a sense like they're speaking from the bible yeah sure um and there's but the most dangerous kind of lie is the one that has the most truth in it because yes. it's the most believable yeah. um and so these churches will have a lot of true things in them but they twist it around the gospel and so they try to just twist everything around to where it doesn't touch on the gospel and mm. The fact is, is that that is the only message um, that reconciles us to God. Yep. The power of God is salvation to everyone who believes. Yeah. And so without that message, um, what's even the point? <laughs> what's the point? You know, yeah. And I'm talking about for um, unbelievers as well as believers because the church is for believers. But mm. the main message is... Even in within the church, if you look at Paul's letters to the Romans and to the Corinthians to all these different people, it's the gospel that is yep. the main message he preaches to the church. Yeah. Why? Because that's the message that not only saves us but continually reminds us of who God is yeah. and what He's done for us. Yeah,
1: yeah. And you'll uh, a common t- a common theme throughout all of these churches' messages is sort of this like emotional fulfillment or.
0: Yeah, I think I think the important point here is um, we're not saying you can't have joy because, yeah. you know, these churches tend to be, like, very emotionally filled. Yes. And I, there is absolutely nothing wrong with being emotionally oh, filled. Yeah. It's depending where is your emotional fulfillment coming from. Is it yeah. coming from the Lord? Because you know what makes me excited? is the gospel. Yep. Yeah. Knowing that God really loves me. That's how when things are hard and when things are terrible, I know I can go on because... I was a crappy, horrible person, and yet this God loved me enough to send His Son to die for me. That gets mm. me up in the morning. Amen. That's what makes me excited. That's yeah. what makes me so willing and able to uh, praise God. And so yeah. music and messages that go along with that and yeah. what that preach that, that's what really gets me excited. Mm. Um, I should also clarify that we're not saying that there aren't Christians in these different types of churches. Sure. Yep. Um, but rather that these churches... Um, Tend to not preach the gospel. Some of them don't preach it at all, yeah. um, and that they are warped and unscriptural. Um, they're, um, you know, they're not actually preaching the gospel, which is the main yeah. issue we have with them.
1: Yeah. Amen. Uh, yeah, and there's more things we could say, but that yeah, that's that's the main issue. Is yeah, like, we
0: can save those for another time
1: too. Yeah, sure, sure. Uh, so last couple of questions here what are the implications of failing to communicate this awesome message
0: yeah so we're going to go to galatians 1 8 through 9 and this is talking about um what happens not necessarily if you don't preach the gospel but if you are preaching a false gospel like you're purposely intending to deceive people about what the gospel is and Mm. or to either get gain or whatever it might be yeah
1: So it says, But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to the one we preach to you, let him be accursed. As we have said before, so now I say again, if anyone is preaching to you a gospel contrary to the one you received, let him be accursed. So Paul is not shying away from his attitude towards people who are doing this. You know, he's saying, Look, if you don't want to preach the gospel or if, if you want to preach some sort of theistic message like a lot of the you know, groups we were talking about earlier yeah. are doing. If you want to preach something like that, man, let them be accursed. I mean, what do we think about that? You know, what should we think about that? Yeah,
0: the, the word accursed there really, to be quite blunt, it means damned. Yeah. It's like let them go to hell. <laughs> mm. In other words, you're leading people to hell. Yeah. If you're not preaching the gospel, if you're preaching a false gospel— um, and you're not repenting of that uh there is a serious um judgment for that mm. and it's very a very dangerous place to be and so you're not to have as a christian you're not to have anything to do with that kind of preaching
1: mm. yeah that's that's really good um uh, and i think you know what 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 can what one thing we can keep in mind in order uh in order to make sure that our churches are not doing this is like we have to continually be in this wartime mindset that you know that's one of the reasons we we want this podcast to become to be called wartime theology is because you know we never want to get into this attitude that like we can kick back and sort of mix in with the rest of america even though we have like these christian convictions maybe that we hold on to it's like no people are if 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 this gospel is true If the Bible is real or if the Bible is true and authoritative uh, and inerrant, then people are headed to hell every day, you know, and we have the keys that can unlock those chains. You know, we God has given us this amazing message and uh, and every day we don't share that every day. we, We are complacent in that and we don't realize that we are in a war against the gates of hell like people are people are dying you know people yeah. are literally spiritually dying because of our complacency
0: and there's we only have one life to live yeah. and there's only one message worth living for yeah. and that's the message of the gospel Amen. because it's the only one that has an eternal impact yeah. and so we should be charged as going to war with this message that has an eternal impact you know um that's how we should view it is as a war as a as a battlefield because that's what it is um you know and after the war then you have rest yeah then you have peace yep and that comes in eternity yeah we're not there yet (laughs) we're not no (laughs) we're in the 100 years war to to say it one way with a (laughs) historical twist um (laughs) you know we're in our war and you don't know how long you're going to have to fight yeah and we should be fighting for the right side we should be fighting for the side that's honestly going to win amen and that's that's, <laughs> that's the side of god and yeah, that's right um his gospel is the message it's our weapon yeah. to use to convert the enemy to our side mm. and it's all by the power of god it's all god's power it's yeah. his gospel
1: yeah that's right and the you know where we turn to get power to share that you know what where we turn to to get to get motivation and confidence in sharing that is the Word of God and the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Holy Spirit is is what is the... Um, the the Holy Spirit is God who lives within us. If mm-hmm. you are a believer, that is true for you. The Holy Spirit of God lives within you, which I is know. an amazing reality. And uh, if He indwells you, He is naturally going to spur you on to, to the truth. He's going to point you to the truth all the time and He's going to show you this is what your life needs to be. This is how you're gonna. This is how you're gonna uh, uh, share the gospel. This is you know. This is why you need to share the gospel and continually convict you um, and motivate you and comfort you in the battle because it is hard, you know. Yeah. Um, but the Word of God and the Great Helper, the Holy Spirit, are where we turn to 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 be successful in that battle. Yeah.
0: and it's important too that you. Don't just have one without the other, oh, sure. you know, um yeah. it's the Word of God and the Holy Spirit, yeah. you know, because the Holy Spirit communicates through the Word, you know, mm-hmm. um, and the Word of God without the Holy Spirit is just i mean it's still God's word, but yep. um it won't convict us because it's the job of the Holy Spirit yep. to convict yep. so um yeah, many times as a christian i I could go through you know how many times i've re- I thought, oh, this is this way, and then. God's word would be like mm, no it's not. it's not that way, <laughs> sure yeah. and that's you know by the conviction of the Holy Spirit showing me you know it's not really that way, this is the way it really is yeah. um, and you have to learn to obey that you know not to grieve the spirit and rather to just obey that even when it's hard because you know the Bible
1: it says a lot of really hard things <laughs> oh heck yeah, it does, yeah for real, all right man well um we went through what the gospel is, what it's not, um, the implications of not faithfully preaching that message. Um, and and now, let, you want to just end in prayer? Yeah,
0: would you yeah. like to pray?
1: Yeah, sure. I'll pray us out. Lord God, we thank you so much for just allowing us to breathe right now, for giving us life and for letting us enjoy the lives you've, you've given us. Lord, let us not be complacent in our enjoyment of, of this life, um, though these, though it is a gift that you've given us. Let us utilize it uh, completely um, and reverently for the mission of God to, to uh, have a part in saving souls through, through your gospel, through the power of, of, of your Holy Spirit, God. We thank you for allowing us to be vessels in that mission, for employing us into your army. Would you stir the church to... Wake up to the reality that people are headed to hell, and uh, and we have the the saving net. You have given us the the saving key, the saving answer for them. Would you let us faithfully preach that message and not distort it? You are such a good God, and we praise you for your faithfulness for the character you've displayed in the gospel. And we we pray above all things that you would have glory. And dominion and power. Um, and that especially through this podcast, you would glorify yourself. You are such a good God, and we praise you. We thank you. In Jesus' name, Amen.
0: Amen. See the scene, couldn't win when I ain't hanging with the saints. He done living well. Won't you get a drink? I got my eyes on the prize in a line with the lies. you are gonna change have the fight smile where my riches lie. I've been reeling from the dead now, we nobody else. It's a sinister repentance. Now it's life, I get to live in another level.